0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vincent Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Well, welcome to the Comic Book Inform Podcast. This is Roger coming to you on the 30th of May, Comic Book Day for yet another fantastic episode. Episode number 80, by the way. And with me, same as usual, we got Vince. Both of us a little under the weather, but we are here. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> Although your problem is, is that you can't talk a lot. So basically, in everybody else's minds, that's not a problem. It's actually a bonus. I can talk just fine. Just after a while,
1: I stopped making sense. Okay, well, once again, <laughs> welcome to my world. The words don't go together in the right order always.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, this episode, we were actually going to take a little bit of time to go over a recent series that was, uh, when was this? This was just a few months ago. It ended, wasn't it? Yeah, it recently. Wasn't that long, yeah. And yet again, it's a fantastic um, game series, essentially. It's based on a game IP. And this one is based on Uncharted. Now, if you've never played Uncharted, Uncharted is a. Um, young man's indiana jones basically is what it is and it's basically the again archaeology going and discovering things and whatnot with plenty of action and it's actually a fantastic game that's available on the playstation on the ps3 and there's three games the i really quite like them a lot i know that you liked some but not all but you're not quite as much of a fanboy as i am for the ip the, the, the parts I liked, I really liked, so yeah. leave it at that. Well, the thing is, is that regardless of what you thought of the games, though, the characters are fantastic. Yes, The characters are really brought to life, not just by virtue of the fantastic voice actors that they have, but also just because they are great characters, the very engaging characters, and literally every single one of them. So when you take that equation and you put it into a comic book format, as long as the writer is well versed in those characters, then you're going to have uh, uh, the potential to to have a, just an absolutely fantastic story which is what I feel we got here now some time ago we did discuss when the first one came out and what we uh, we thought about it the the series of course is is just so that you know again it was written by Joshua Williamson and then the penciler is Sergio Sandoval San, Sandoval San Sandoval whatever and then Paul Goss who gas who did the inking uh, any Carrie Studio who did the colors is that can't be a real name, that's got to be a... That's 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 probably a, an actual studio, Studio, yeah. That's what I would think. So, yeah, <laughs> regardless, um, I told you best apologies for Miss Studio if, yeah, really. if we are incorrect. Yeah, really, how do you know if it's Miss? <laughs> Guessing, I don't know, Carrie coin toss could go either way. Now I have to find out. <laughs> so, basically, what this is. This, uh, this story here is we find, again, as is standard in the games, basically, he goes on a treasure hunt and discovers clues to some hidden treasure somewhere, and then from there it's a matter of finding their way there, and, and it never goes well, basically. And the thing that's fantastic about the Uncharted series as well is that it, it would be all well and good if it was just this fantastic adventure story but they always tend to go with a little bit of supernatural tossed in at the end just for good measure just for fun because when are zombies not fun you know is what it boils down to and so you always get various things which in the game can be oh, can be such a pain in the ass <laughs> <laughs> when you're fighting these creatures that are very difficult to kill the blue monkey things from oh, the end of uh dude oh god the time machine like <laughs> so yeah but in a comic book where you don't have to worry about fighting them or having them chomp on your butt it's actually quite fun so here we have the uh the the main character who is nathan drake and his main partner sully uh, and the the again the characters work so well together they do in the game they do in the comic book as well and here you see how they uh eventually meet another regular from the 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 game and that is a female character chloe so i even like how they threw flynn at the beginning yeah yeah exactly so you it's one of those series where if you and, and this is something that we talked to david gator about when we were talking about dragon age last week if you've played the game you're going to get more out of this. That said, however, it is still a self-contained story that even if you've never played the game, you will be able to enjoy this. So actually, before we go on any further, like what what were your thoughts on this?
1: My main thought, like I really enjoyed the story, and I'm huge into the whole archaeological superhero you know, genre, like you said, the Indiana Jones and Nathan Drake, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I just I felt like it was a little too much story for 6 issues. Like it was uncharted has always had kind of that stepped up pace where you you know you're jumping from one exotic locale to another but I just it, they didn't spend enough time in any one setting for it to really sink in for me. Like 6 issues it just seemed like it was a little too short for the size of the story they were trying to tell.
0: I think I I agree with you however I think that had they spent uh, more time on it had more issues than there would have been lulls in between Mm -hmm. and unfortunately due to the pacing required for the story and also to keep people interested because not everybody's going to have the uh, I don't want to say emotional investment but you know know the characters really be rooting for them and everything else that we'd be willing to take those breaks where there's lulls in the story not everybody's got that so I think that because of that they really had to push it and put at a breakneck speed where they are bouncing all over the place. So that's the rationale that I use for that. I could be wrong, of course, but that's what I thought. Like I just, I, I
1: liked what it seemed like maybe a little more fleshing out of you know the, the big cavern you know the, the the hollow earth thing and the the smoke monsters like there's just so much stuff thrown at it i
0: wanted to know more I, and now we can't because it's buried under yeah. <laughs> i agree i agree it, it would have been nice if it would have been longer i think that ideally this would have been a fantastic 12 part but then you're looking at a year-long investment eight, you know uh, Possibly, yeah. But you again, you're giving then the studio then has to have, or the I shouldn't say studio in this case here, but the, uh, this, who okay, first of all, was this DC? Or, yes, this was DC. Yeah, that's what I figured. So then DC would have enough, have to have enough faith in the IP to go on for another few months. Uh, I honestly don't know what the sales were like on this, so I don't know how well it did. Do you know by chance? Yeah, you got me. Okay, all right. Uh, I don't look that far down the sales Yeah. <laughs> so it, it still was... Really well written, I thought. It's mm-hmm. the the characters stay true to who they are in the game series. Uh, the character of Nathan Drake, once again, if you're not familiar with him, is a wisecracking young archaeologist guy kind of thing. Things normally don't go right for him, and and but he takes it all in stride. And so and I, I it's it's one of those characters that you can't help but love. And then the character of Sullivan is the the older partner that he works with quite often, kind of thing. Again, very well written. You can see the bond that they have together, and, and that's not something that, you know, it, it, it's something that if the, the the writer does a good job at, you'll feel. Otherwise, it's just going to be two characters on the same page. And here, you feel it. You you can feel them being close together. And I, then I I
1: gotta say though, Drake should pay Sully like a hundred bucks every time he gets taken hostage. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, that's that's par for the course in everything they do. You got to wonder why he keeps tagging along. All of his crap keeps getting blown up as well. <laughs> so it's not like he's making any money. Um, and then the character of Chloe is introduced. She was actually introduced in the second game, and. You know when you're playing the game, you're told that there is a history between the characters, but you don't know what that is. Well, here is where you see where they first meet. And once again, very well handled. And you can you can feel them, for lack of a less corny phrase, you can feel the heat kind of between the two of them. And you can, which then leads you to understand, again, if you've played the game, then it's like, oh, okay, now I can see how they, yeah, they'd be close and stuff like that. Um... And so, yeah, and so the the main story, of course, is the uh, Nathan gets a, a journal, and that's the, the beginning adventure kind of thing. All he wants is a journal, not any of the other treasures kind of thing. And the journal is a cipher, and then from there they get clues on this hollow earth location where there's an amber room where when uh, a whole bunch of Russian artifacts were stolen during the Second World War by Hitler, and then they were taken back by Russia after the end of the war in transit. um, The plane went was no, it wasn't that the plane went down. It's that it was taken to this again, hollow earth location, the Amber room, so that it could be secured and not have to worry about it being stolen kind of thing. And this hollow earth is supposed to be, as the name implies, a part of it off in, in the North Pole, a, a place where you can enter the crust and get low enough into the earth and whatnot. And that it's the, the myth is that there's its own sun and there's its own creatures that they have to contend with and everything else, but also a wealth of riches and a, a small civilization even whatnot. So again, you're... you're you're into the land of fantastic Indiana Jones territory, right then and there. They, they had me at Hollow Earth, basically. So <laughs> this place where you could theoretically, they say, land a plane, and it's not theoretical because they did it. But uh, but they, they do a good job with the suspense of leading you to this place. And then, again, like you said, though, the the action from the moment they land, essentially, for the most part, is... Is too short, especially once they go past the the outer area into the actual inner area kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not to spoil anything, of course, but, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward story. Once they get in there, it's pretty breakneck speed. And then from there, it's just the mad rush to get out of there because I was going to eat your face. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they could have spent more time. But it was still such a fun romp that I would still be good with another series coming out. I would definitely put my money down to buy another series uh, as long as it's handled by either the same writer or someone just as competent.
1: Yeah, and this is why we love the comic and novel tie-ins to these game series so much because it allows you to get those little bits like establishing that backstory between Drake and Chloe. Knowing this now the way Uncharted 2 played out, I can see that, you know, in a, in a different light and things do make a little more sense and just it adds so much to the entire shared universe, the IP without really being necessary like again, like we talked about with Gator, you know you don't need to read the comics to enjoy the games. you don't really need to play the games to enjoy the comics but when you put everything together it just adds so much it, it seriously becomes something more than the sum of its parts.
0: Oh definitely definitely and I agree. I, I really would like to see a lot more than this. The, the thing to keep in mind too is that the both the game developers as well as the comic publishers need to realize that for the most part their audiences are one and the same. So, you're going to hopefully be able to sell enough copies if you, you do this, as long as, again, in a case like this, I, I don't know what they were expecting. They need
1: to figure out a distribution deal to get these into GameStops.
0: That would be phenomenal. Yep.
1: Yeah put this, you know, Assassin's Creed, Diablo, put that in a GameStop, I think you'd be really helping out everybody. Yeah,
0: well, the thing too, like with uh, the Dragon Age one where it was uh, digital only, so their costs are a lot lower do it just do it that would be fantastic and then mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about all of the actual printing costs and everything that's associated with getting them into the the comic book stores so anyways all around i definitely give this a thumbs up i i i, I encourage anybody to pick it up regardless of if you are a uh, a gamer or not or if, even if you've played the game or not simply because it's it's also a nice shift from the men in tights so it's yeah it's got the supernatural (laughs) aspects to it i'd say drake exhibits more superhero qualities than (laughs) most of the superheroes but it's that nice change it's a really nice change it's it's the again the indiana jones archaeologist type of story that is so fun to read you've got Great locales. The artwork was very good. I thought it was a little subdued. I I, I would have liked to have seen something. I don't know. A little uh, bit. Uh, yeah,
1: because like uh, we've seen more in the dynamic. games, they have these they have these ridiculous set pieces and you know trains falling off of cliffs and luscious waterfalls and. It, they could do a little more to kind of translate that feel of just the, the sheer wonderment to, yeah. uh, onto the page.
0: And it, it, again, it's not to say it wasn't good. I thought it was quite good. I just I don't know. It just wasn't quite vibrant enough. It didn't shoot off the page, uh, but definitely still very good. It, it's pick it up. If you haven't read it, my opinion, pick it up. Mm-hmm. absolutely right. agree. So let's move on to what we're reading and <laughs> what you're reading. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't put anything in the show notes. I have,
1: Did I have one. I have, I have. All one right. Well, I we'll start with about. you then. All right. Uh, it's Irredeemable, which uh, finished up its run last week uh, with issue 37. The uh, the the superhero series Mark Wade was writing for Boom Studios, where it was essentially what happens if Superman snaps. And we've seen similar stories from various publishers over the years, but this one. It just had so much like power behind it. Like this was just brutal, like destroyed half the earth. And you, you spent a lot of time with the remnants of let's call them the justice league, you know, trying to hold things together, find a way to defeat, you know, this indestructible monster. And it was just really cool. Like the first 20 or so issues were amazing. It, it kind of stuttered a little bit Was they, when they were trying to go into too many backstories and, and they sent him off to another planet. It got a little weird, but all throughout the run, it was still this... There was that sense of danger that it, at, at any second he could just snap his fingers and it would be over with. So seeing that finally come to an end was interesting. <laughs> I don't know if the ending quite worked for me and especially once you get to the very end it was cheesy as can be but on the other hand i understand what wade was trying to do paying homage to those who came before i i get it (laughs) i don't know if i particularly liked it but it it was a fun end to the ride and we still have incorruptible to finish up and incorruptible was the other side of the coin to uh irredeemable where one of uh the Plutonian's main villain characters, once he saw the Plutonian snap, he had a shift in his mentality, and he decided to become a hero. So Incorruptible really got so good over its run. It started, I think, a year after Irredeemable, so it doesn't have as many issues out, but it's still going to be ending soon itself. And that uh, spinning out of Irredeemable has been so much more enjoyable. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that specific story ends. But even still, Irredeemable is some pretty cool stuff I would recommend just about anybody to check out.
0: Uh, that's, I'm, I'm waiting for both of those to be done kind of thing and then just ripping through them all. And I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to it. All right. I, it's a good
1: read. Mark Raid is just a good writer. He, he makes interesting stories and stuff you've never seen
0: before. Cool. Well speaking of good writers. <laughs> did you read Fantastic 4 606? Of course. Cuz <laughs> you were talking about 605.1 which I read and dude it was freaking phenomenal. I yes. uh, I <laughs> loved it. It was just so great. And so then I was reading um 606 which is also really good, though not nearly as strong I thought. I mean it's a it's a good story albeit there's a lot less to it in terms of like suspense and everything else kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it, it was cute. But six oh five, man. It was like I read that and was like, <laughs> dude Why can't all the comics be like this? It was awesome. It was just a blast. Six oh six, of course, is where the team um, shrinks down into a friend's head to remove a tumor. And so the, the best panel, of course, when the, the doctor says, pray for a miracle, and the thing says a miracle, does this guy have any idea who he's talking <laughs> to? And so the the present and, and then the excavation into the, the guy's head, those storylines kind of intermingle throughout the issue. Again, a good issue nowhere near as strong as... 605 or the other ones, but still a, a good issue. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> dude,
1: have you read Dial H? Uh, no, I, I was saving all the number ones for once they're all out, so I'm going to do them all in one shot. <laughs> I'm going to tear off
0: the Band-Aid. <laughs> okay, well, I this is the, the only one that I've read so far. Um, <laughs> I did not like it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it was bad. I'm going to say that I did not like it. It was... I didn't like the way it was written. It's it's all over the map. It, it's not always making sense. I know that part of that is on purpose. However, I think that other parts is just the way that they edited it all together kind of thing. It's just... Whew, I really, I wasn't digging it at all, at all, at all. And then when he's the emo superhero at one point, oh my God. I I don't want to spoil too much for you in case you do read it. Um, Although. Oh, I I will. (laughs) I honestly cannot see you enjoying this at all. I am not picking up any others of this. I'm sorry. (laughs) Not going to happen. Moving on. Another series that has <laughs> gotten my ire quite a bit. Uh Incredible Hulk because they've got a Why did you read this? <laughs> <laughs> Why? I, I don't know. It's a, I just <laughs> you know what? It, it's one of those things where it's like I don't know. I I just had to see if it got better. If it was and part of it too was because it was the end well, it's not really the end, but you know the 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 last issue was the, the the bomb kind of thing. Okay, well, I gotta know what happened then. Is is Banner dead? What's going on? Of course he's not. You're gonna know that. Otherwise like they'd they'd find some way to resurrect him. He has to be in the story kind of thing, but I had to know. Uh I will say this, new artist, huh? Way better. Thank you very much. <laughs> Way better. Crazy little art style kind of thing that almost looks cel-shaded at points kind of thing. It looks like it could be part of a cel-shaded game. Um, but the story is just... It's one of those things that we've seen before kind of thing. What would the Hulk do if he didn't have to do blah, 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 blah. Um, and uh, and so you see a lot of different scenes with him kind of thing. And it's like, meh. Him taking a, a steam bath and a, a volcano kind of thing? Come on, really? But there's a whole bunch of that. Um, and then fighting She-Hulk. Not She-Hulk. Who's the Red She-Hulk chick? The one that uh, dated Banner.
1: It's Red She-Hulk. That's Red actually She-Hulk. Uh, Betty Ross's yeah. wife. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. And then the dude with the eye. I, I'm assuming you haven't read this, right? The dude with the eye. Oh, there's a freaking villain who has a huge eyeball... And what do they call him? I can't remember. The orb? The, I think that's The one what, from Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine? But anyways, he gets like people to, he, he steals eyes. He gets his crew to go steal eyes from a building. And, and it, it was like, what the hell? And then this Red She-Hulk and the Hulk make out in, uh, uh, more than just make out, like do the nasty. In the middle of town that they've destroyed, there's fire all over. There's a shot of them naked in their bliss afterwards and it's like, oh, wow. Really, Aaron's? (laughs) (laughs) Not Aaron's, Aaron. Um, Yeah, this was...
1: (sighs) See, my biggest issue with Aaron on Hulk and nothing against Aaron. He's written some fantastic stuff that we have loved and still are loving right now with the Wolverine and the X-Men, but the stuff Greg Pak did with the character over his years... On that, everything from Planet Hulk all the way through to the end and the character work he did about the dynamic between Banner and Hulk to take that and just throw it away leading into, you know, the story Aaron wanted to tell. I just comics are collaborative storytelling. So to disregard something another writer did in favor of what you want to do, like right out of the gate, that just it didn't quite click with me at all. I, it, it, it's kind of soured the, the the few issues I did read on top of it just not being that entertaining.
0: Yeah, no. And it's, it's you can't even begin to compare this to uh, Planet Hulk stuff. Not even not even remotely close kind of thing. Uh, you never even read all the stuff after I don't Planet I know Hulk. I didn't oh read all gosh. of it. I I know. I it's one of those things where I'm going to be going back and getting the trades and uh, and getting completely caught up on everything that's happened. Um, but yeah, this is yeah, and and there's absolutely no reason for it to be a point one. Same as that Fantastic Four, the point one. They they. It was a great issue, uh, but what? what was the point? Yeah, really. <laughs> okay, finally, let's let's talk about the freaking X Men because that's right now everything going on with the Avengers versus X Men. Uh, Avengers versus X Men number four. <laughs> bad. It was just bad. It was just absolute stupidity. I I really, uh, this this whole storyline. That they're doing this whole event is is absolutely terrible. Although, freaking Wolverine walking around with a dead polar bear, keeping warm, and and being led to the plane by beers, <laughs> I thought that here's, was funny. Here's the thing, though, and Jonathan Hickman, who did the the
1: scripting on this particular issue, even apologized for it on Twitter. Oh, really? Polar polar bears live on the exact opposite side of the planet from where Wolverine was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's funny. He should have been walking around a tuxedo suit or a, a penguin, penguin suit. Penguin suit. That's <laughs> hilarious. Okay, well, I didn't do my research, obviously, so I didn't. that. Uh, it
1: was a funny image, though. So I'll give you that.
0: Yeah, it was. I thought it was cute. Um, but the whole again, the fighting crap is is so stupid. I, I'm I'm so done with with that. I and then to the moon. What, what is what what? <laughs> They're all just kind of chilling out on the freaking. Moon. Every
1: every Marvel event has to go somewhere. Like uh, okay, we're going to Asgard or we're going to the Savage Land. Well, so this one like we're going to the Moon.
0: It, okay, <laughs> Uncanny X Men number eleven. So now you got again Scott's story, um, equally equally bad. Actually, no. Let me rephrase that. Worse than that even. I thought that isn't like it because it was Namor. It was oh. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Namor, the the I I did not like how the it, it basically first of all, way too much narrative. Oh my God, you got pages with nothing but narrative. Also, kind of confusing at times because you got two people fighting, which narrative is for who? Because it kind of bounces around as well. But it was it was pages and pages with literally nothing being said, all narrative. And, and it it doesn't work. Um, again, and this whole thing with the PR, oh, my God. Seriously, you know, I said it before. The whole PR crap story was so freaking lame. And that letter to humanity from Scott at the end. Oh, dude. I,
1: okay, uh, I was actually thinking of issue 12, not issue 11. Oh, no, that. this issue is 11. 12, issue 12 was, like, nothing but Namor.
0: Okay, I, I haven't read that one yet. This was <laughs> 11 that I read. But, yeah, I, I I also know what you're talking about there. Uh, ridiculous. And then... And then away from AVX, then, we've got Ultimate Comics X-Men number 12. Ugh. Were you confused when you read it? I actually haven't read that one yet. Okay. I, just, I just read number 11. So. Let me know if it confuses the crap out of you or if it's just me, because I need to know. Uh, it, it bounces around all over the place. I don't like this whole mysterious thing that they are, they're trying to do with it. I, eh, I didn't like it. Which leads us to... <laughs> Astonishing X Men number fifty. Now we've been talking about this for a little while because we've been reading them. This is the Marjorie Lou story, which is leading into the 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 wedding for Northstar and 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 his boyfriend Kyle. Um, now again, <laughs> it, it's sad that we live in a world that we have to preface this with the following statement. But neither one of us is homophobic at all. Again, I I support gay rights in every possible way and gay marriage and everything like that. But the thing here is, this feels like someone higher up or maybe even Marjorie said, hey, you know what's trending right now on Twitter? Gay marriages and everything else. Why don't we do a story for that? So somebody said, great idea, make it happen. And it feels forced. First of all, I... We haven't seen freaking North Star, have we? Even seen him once in an in an Astonishing X Men storyline? Because well, there, there's been a different cast every
1: six issues for Astonishing. So. What? Uh, last what? time I saw him in an actual X Men title was probably a few years ago. I mean, I honestly, I thought he was dead until they did the Alpha Flight relaunch. So that, did, that tells you how much I pay attention to North Star.
0: Well, see, okay, see, I'm I'm looking at the list of guys and and women here that they've got. Let's Henry McCoy. What? Okay, this is wrong. Obviously, this is Marvel's <laughs> Wikia though. That's what page are you on? <laughs> I'm on gay characters. I know, but which page of gay characters? Because I'm looking for
1: Henry McCoy.
0: Oh, I'm on uh three, page three. Okay. He he's
1: he's with the the green oh, that, chick that, right now.
0: That that's a.
1: Uh... Different.
0: Oh, that's assessment. the Earth. The Earth. Yeah. Seven six one six is the actual six. Actually, seven six three. Yeah, six one six
1: is the regular Marvel universe, though.
0: Okay. Anyway, see, so I'm I'm going through this list here of characters for Marvel that have been outed that are gay, and you really don't have any top tier characters, obviously, because it's not something that they would broach because. Mm-hmm for fear of losing money and audience, against that world we live in but true um so you really don't have a lot of characters and north star is not a leading character either he's not a triple a character he's not to going my, to sell comic books
1: to my knowledge though north star was the first publicly gay comic character at least as far as marvel was concerned right like uh, chronologically at least
0: right so again see which leads me back to again it feels so forced so i can i can assume that part of the reason why it's shoved into this series versus its own miniseries is that it probably wouldn't sell well as part of its own miniseries whereas if they shove it as a story arc in an existing story uh, existing comic then Hopefully, their hope is, is that they'll still sell enough. But the the, the fact is, is, again, it still feels like such a forced story, forced story arc. And then you have all of the melodrama that has been in this story arc as well with this. And I would feel the same if it was melodrama over straight characters as with this. It's just, it just does not. It it doesn't make for an engaging story at all. And it's just cheap melodrama that yes maybe if you are a young teenager then the concept of all this oh my god he's in love with me oh my god maybe he's not And all this maybe that excites you but you know what as a 40 something year old you're like oh come on just move the story along this is just schoolboy antics i mean seriously when he's asking um uh he's asking uh who's he oh damn it who was it again I'm going to have to be pausing so much here. Gap. Uh, when he's asking Gambit and Iceman for advice, relationship advice, and you're like, oh, you're not teenagers. You're adult men. Seriously? You would be asking each other for rem- romance advice? It's just, again, so much of it felt forced, and I I really and I, I don't, in, I'm not enjoying it.
1: I... And I think it's more of a problem with overall relationships. Uh, not necessarily just Marvel, but a lot of comics. Like they, they don't know how to tell a mature story about a relationship. That Right there.
0: And going back to what I'm saying, too, that maybe if you are a teenager, and part of the target audience, of course, is. Although at this stage of the game, you, you can't just limit yourself to teenagers. It's known fact that you got all ages reading comic books now. Uh, I mean, hell, I was just watching the um, a, a speech at a University of Arts graduation from Neil Gaiman, who is very well known, best-selling author, also talking about comics constantly throughout the speech and how it meant so much to him to be doing successful comic books like again you're you you have to be aiming more for audiences that are older and this comes off as something that yeah if you're a kid like oh my god does he really like me oh my god like it didn't work out and this and that oh jesus christ <laughs> I, I do want
1: to throw out there you you can do a very well-written and interesting and mature gay relationship though you look um Runaways. I forget who established it. If it was Brian K. Vaughn or Joss Whedon, I forget which uh, writer it fell under, but one of the characters there, you know, it came out as gay and it worked in the purposes of the story. And it was interesting because you also had non-gay characters in relationships and they were both told with equal amounts of maturity and focus. Like it, it, I look at young Avengers is, which is one I've talked about before you have in that comic, you had a gay relationship and a non-gay relationship and the gay relationship, at least as a reader, it felt like it was in the forefront. Like it was separate from the story instead of being part of the story. Whereas I look at a comic like X Factor, which is coming out right now. Um, it was a huge, huge deal a couple years ago when Shatterstar and Richter came out as a couple. And like it, blew up the comics world. And I got to say, it was hilarious because Rob Liefeld, who created both of those characters, went, no, oh, no, they're not supposed to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> At which point you go, have you read some of your, X- your X-Force comics? Like, the, the bromance there was a little uh (laughs) a little suspicious so but the way that their relationship has been written has been no different from a standard relationship and it's all about how you handle the characters not necessarily the exact pairing of the
0: characters that matters yeah again i just feel that this was a it was forced b it was presented in a way that's um Immature in terms of how the characters are dealing with, with each other, quite often, and then how he's dealing. I mean, I mean, again, it's not like North Star is that engaging or that, at times, even likable a character. Um, and so, most to, Canadians don't even like him. Yeah, well, I don't. <laughs> so it's like I it's too bad. I, I mean, if you, if you felt the need to do something like this, there would have been a lot of better ways to handle it. In my opinion. And, and my apologies to Marjorie. I, I just feel that a large part of this is that the writing was weak or aimed at the wrong audience. If I'm not the right target audience and that there's a lot of teenagers that are going yeah this is awesome this is how it is mm, all right fine but keeping in mind that it maybe that's how it is for for teenagers but these are supposed to be adults in here so i don't know it's didn't set well with me so yeah. anyways and then next issue is the apparently the big wedding because that's what's on the cover or that's what they're showing as a cover on the last page so we'll see what happens next month new releases for the week for marvel we are looking at amazing spider-man annual number 39 ff number 18 new mutants number 43 powers number 10 which is still continues to be awesome wolverine 307 wolverine and the x-men number 11 which is sadly an avx tie-in but it's still a wolvie and his peeps which is just always cool uh x-men number 29 and x-men legacy 267 again another avx tie-in on the DC side, we've got Animal Man Annual number one, Batman Annual number one with the Knight of the Owls. I'm looking really looking forward to reading that. Uh, Batman Beyond Unlimited number four, which damn, I'm, I'm hoping that gets better soon. Diablo number four. This is another one that we are going to be covering, even if it's just in, you know, five weeks when I'm hosting again, <laughs> because yet another game tie-in kind of thing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing that. So that's number four of five. We got Girl with the Dragon Tattoo special number one. I have no idea how this is going to work as a comic book. I've read the book, although, you know what, I won't lie, I didn't finish the book, but uh, but I read a large portion of it. And then, yes? I'd say I forced myself to finish the book, but I didn't like it. You know what? The The book requires work. And as I've said before, if a book requires work, then I'm not likely to finish it regardless of how good it gets in. So I got to a point where it started being engaging and good, but then it, it still wasn't enough to hold me. And it's not that I have a problem reading quote unquote literary novels because i, I devour them, this just I, I felt it required too much work. And I'm thinking a large portion of that has to do with the translation of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got Rav- Ravagers number one, a new series. Uh, I actually have no clue what that is. Have you looked into it? A, it's a spin-off of the whole Teen
1: Titans uh, Superboy oh, right, 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 thing right. that they got going on. Right,
0: right. Okay. Uh, and then for the rest of the crew we've got Game of Thrones number eight. If you've been enjoying the second season, you may want to pick this up. And then we've got Mass Effect Homeworlds, so yet another game one. Um, this has been Interesting because it ties in with Mass Effect Three, with some uh, some stories of those characters. So this is the second one. We've got Rocketeer Adventures number two. Sorry, Rocketeer Adventures two, number three of four. We got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number ten, which again, Shredder. Oh, dude. Uh, Transformers: (laughs) Robots in Disguise number five. I put that one just for you. Oh, I appreciate that, Roger. Walking Dead number ninety eight, and then Avatar: Last Airbender number two. uh, Yeah, part two. Um, I really liked I've, I've heard those are really good I haven't read them yet oh, I, re- I read the first one dude I really liked it so but it's one of those where I mean I can see a lot of people saying wow this is really written for kids it kind of is but so, so was, was the show Avatar <laughs> and it still rocked Avatar is just that iconic series that was just so good for all ages kind of thing so and that's what I took from the first one so I'm looking forward to that in The in second one with that we're going to call it a wrap. And you can, of course, find the show notes at combookinformer.com. You can reach either Vince or myself at Vince at ComeBookInformer.com or Roger at combookinformer.com. And we are on Twitter at CBInformer. So with that, we'll talk to you guys next week. And we promise to make sense next week. Listen, I I'm promising <laughs> let, let, on both our behalfs. Let's not write <laughs> checks
1: our mouths can't catch.
0: Oh, dude, what the hell? <laughs> I have an excuse. I got. That's my excuse.
1: <laughs> we 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 did a significant chunk of the episode that made perfect sense.
0: Magic of editing, you'll never know.
1: <laughs> what, what happened there were no outtakes this week we were perfect we yeah damn, we had nothing to right. cut
0: <laughs> it happens every blue moon all right you ready to go
1: as good as i'm gonna be
0: <laughs> welcome to my world <laughs> hello welcome to the comic book Inform podcast yes, this is episode wow, well, that was like oh, i almost had it there was like <laughs> I, I, it was like this close to, to being all right. I'm That's just gonna. almost end. a sentence. I'm not even gonna bother editing that. Because there might be a lot of that, basically. Tongues rolling all over each other. No, no, now I'm definitely cutting oh, that yeah, out.
1: You, you seriously. <laughs> oh God. This episode brought to you by Tylenol All Three. Tylenol All Three, we give a crap so you don't have to.
0: oh dear lord and lack of sleep you forgot to put that in there too (laughs) script we're rolling with it alright um yeah so what what is it today May May 30th after all that I forgot (laughs) fabulous comic book day um oh dude is this gonna be that kind of episode this is no this is a redo (laughs) (laughs) we've had worse really no I don't think so this is (laughs) definitely a redo hold on a second Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. That's that's outtakes material right there. Let me tell you if I ever saw it. All right. Okay, I'm going to edit this pause out while I find <laughs> it. What is... All right, it? He was the one
1: that was robbing the bank when they both showed up.
0: I don't remember. All right. There's actually... Well, a, a hold on a thought. second. Mystique is gay?
1: Because uh, of the whole shape-shifting thing, she kind of... Kind
0: of goes both ways. Nasty both ways. All right, and with that, we're actually going to call it a wrap for this episode. Thanks for uh, listening, and of course, if you have New it releases, uh, damn it! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, Vince is going to be back, so <laughs> I could be medicated and stupid, and it won't matter. <laughs> In fact, it'll be a bonus. <laughs> okay. <laughs>